Praise the Lord. I'm going to be preaching out of the book of Luke tonight, chapter 16. Praise the Lord. A preacher that I know some years ago, he gave me some scripture. Out of the book of Luke, the 16th chapter. And what he was teaching was four things that we will never escape in hell. Amen? And I'm going to preach that tonight. Because I believe that we live in an hour. I don't know where... Hell has kind of disappeared. Hollywood, now you hear what I'm fixing to tell you. Hollywood will produce movies that water down our commitment to God, not mentioning a devil's hell. Amen? Don't be watching these religious movies that Hollywood produces because it will desensitize you and it will cause you to believe a lie. Amen? I'm just kind of going to be transparent tonight. Amen? And fact is, fact is, this probably isn't the place in this message to be talking about it. I probably should heat it up a little bit and get everybody on the edge of their seat. But it'd do us good to push back against some of that stuff. Amen? Some of the news media. Some of the social media. Do you know what social media is? It's somebody else giving you their opinion. It's not what the opinion of God is about anything. And there's coming a day that the only thing that will matter is our relationship with God. The only thing that will matter is what He said. Not what I said, not what you said, not what any of any of your followers on Facebook or Instagram or it's not Twitter no more. X, it needs to be X. All of it needs to be X. Amen. We need to X all of it. Praise the Lord. And get our minds defragmented and focused on above. Praise the Lord. I'm not going to preach on that tonight, but I am going to preach on hell. And we most certainly, there's some of, some of you want to push back just a little bit and, and think that the preacher's meddling. You can't be saved without me. And you're really pushing back against that. The Bible says, how can you be saved without a preacher? Amen? You need a preacher in your life. A preacher is a watchman that is on the wall. And I'm telling you that we are in an hour right now that we need to really be paying attention to what's happening around us. 
and watching because the Bible has already unfolded in front of us, praise the Lord. And we need to be ready for Jesus Christ. Amen? Praise God. I'm glad you're with me. Luke chapter 16. Why don't you read with me? I'm going to read. Uh, I'll probably start reading at uh, verse 19. It's, a, it's probably to some. It is a very familiar passage. It's a scripture. And uh, it talks about the rich man and Lazarus, the poor man. But uh, that's what I'm going to preach to you tonight. Aren't you, aren't you excited? How, how many is reading the book of Mark? Well, there's a few of you. Praise the Lord. I'm reading the book of Mark through with the rest of you. Amen. And I'm trying to do, I'm doing it one chapter a day, just like Pastor Dustin said. And I'm trying to take very much consideration of what that chapter is talking about and what it means and how it applies to my life and the life around me. You know, this ain't just about me. It's not just about you, praise the Lord. It's about everyone that's attached to us and everyone that we have influence over and everyone that we will ever have come into contact with and have influence with. Luke 16 and 19. There was a certain rich man which was clothed in purple and fine linen and fared sumptuously every day. And there was a certain beggar named Lazarus which was laid at the gate full of sores and desiring to be fed with the crumbs which fell from the rich man's table. Moreover, the dogs came and licked his sores. I could have done without that. But it lets us know the condition of the man. He didn't have anybody to treat him. Amen? He didn't have anybody to care for him. And it came to pass that the beggar died and was carried by the angels into Abraham's bosom. The rich man also died and was buried. And in hell he lift up his eyes, being in torments, and seeth Abraham afar off, and Lazarus in his bosom. That doesn't mean that Abraham was standing there holding him. Amen. What that's talking about is paradise, uh, which is an Old Testament term. And they were separated by a great gulf. We'll get into that. But, but he could see across it. Amen. In his torment, he could see across it. And he could see the one that lay at the gate with the dogs licking his sores in paradise. Amen. That's what that's talking about. But Abraham said, he said, Father Abraham, have mercy on me and send Lazarus that he may dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue, for I am tormented in this flame. But Abraham said, Son, remember that thou uh, in thy lifetime receivedest thy goods and likewise Lazarus evil things, but now he is comforted and thou art tormented. And besides all this, between us there are, uh, is a great gulf fixed so that they which would pass from thence to you cannot, and neither can they pass to us that would come from hence. Then he said, I pray thee, therefore, Father, that thou wouldest send him into my father's house, for I have five brethren, and he may testify unto them, lest they also come to this place of torment. Abraham said unto him, They have Moses and the prophets. Let them 
hear them. And he said, Nay, Father Abraham, but if one went unto them from the dead, they will repent. And listen to what he said. And he said unto him, If they hear not Moses and the prophets, neither will they be persuaded through one who rose from the dead. There's just some people you're not going to be able to reach. Amen? Amen. Let's pray. Father, we love you and we thank you for your goodness. We thank you for the word of God. Lord, we pray that you would help us tonight to receive what you have for us, that you would touch our minds and our hearts, and that you would guide us with your word. Help us to understand it and receive it. Amen. Praise the Lord. You can be seated. I've ha- I have in my Bible, I, have, uh, I still have it marked in my Bible and, and notes off to the side of these torments that I'm going to be preaching about tonight. Amen. And within the story that we read of the rich man and Lazarus, we find the greatest gain that could ever attain, be attained in our lifetime. Amen. It's a thing called heaven. Praise the Lord. That's what this is all about. It really doesn't matter what possessions we have in life. Amen. Uh, I like good things. I like nice things. I like being comfortable. I'm not, I'm not telling you I want to throw away my air conditioner and, and, and sleep out in the yard. Amen. I'm not saying that. that's not what I'm preaching tonight. I like nice things. Amen. I like to have good things. I've uh, worked all my life so that I can have things, amen, just like you. But I can't let anything get in between me and God, amen. There's nothing that this world could offer me that I can allow to step in between me and what this Bible says about going to heaven, amen. If there's something in here that, that tells me that I need to start eliminating some things out of my life, what I need to do is start looking around my life, amen. I don't need to have my long nose sticking out into your life, I need to have uh, my attention into my life and see just what it is that the Lord is trying to separate me from that would cause me to be separated from Him, praise the Lord. There's some things that God is just not going to tolerate. I feel my help here tonight, amen? There's some things that the Lord is just not going to tolerate. I need to get this billfold out of my back pocket. Praise God. Maybe I need to be separated from that for a little while. Praise the Lord. I'm telling you that there's things that we accumulate through our lifetime. Amen. There are some things that we accumulate through our lifetime. And they're slowly and gradually we kind of adapt. You know, the Bible does not change. If it was sin 50 years ago, it's still sin today. Praise the Lord. I didn't get the kind of response I thought I'd get off of that. I'm telling you, if they preached it from behind this pulpit 50 years ago that you need to stay away from it, then you need to stay away from it today because it leads down a path that's going to take you to destruction. And I don't care what this world has caused you to, to be desensitized and separated away from what the teachings have been all these years. I remember a time when it was pretty popular to be faithful to the house of God. Every time the doors were open. Amen. In fact is, Brother Burke, it was non-negotiable. I don't care what else is going on. If those doors are unlocked, I'm going to be here. Amen. If, oh, I my God, I feel like I'm fixing to start meddling. 
My family, who are all gone for the most part now, I have my kids and my, my grandkids, they're here at the house of God with me. But if they lived afar off and they come and visit, guess what we did on Sunday? You want to hang out with mom and dad? You can go hang out at church with mom and dad. Amen? My God, you, I'm getting the pushback, praise the Lord. It is good preaching, praise the Lord. We need to be faithful to the house of God. It's, it's our faithful attendance in the house of God in our presence with each other that is going to link us together. It's going to pull us together. It's going to help us get closer to him and it's going to keep us from falling into the snare of the fowler, praise the Lord. There is an enemy that has set traps and snares that wants to catch you and keep you off guard and catch you out away from the house of God. My God, I feel like the Lord is wanting to help somebody tonight. Praise the Lord. And maybe what I'm preaching isn't for you because you're the faithful ones that are here. But maybe it's going to be projected out into the atmosphere. Amen. Maybe they might even put one of my sermons on that podcast. Praise God. Hallelujah. And somebody might listen to it and be convicted. I'm telling you that God is concerned with your faithfulness. He's concerned with your stability. He's concerned about how you treat your brothers and sisters. If you only come when you want to come, you're not thinking about anybody else in this congregation. There is times that I come into the house of God and I know I'm not here to receive something myself, but there's something that God has put in me to help somebody else. Is it all right to preach like that? Because when it becomes about me, I'm just about one step out the door. It's about him. Amen. And his objective is always going to be about strengthening and helping his people. Amen. Brother Joe and I were talking about it a couple weeks ago. There used to be a time before I started pastoring here that when I walked through the door of the church, I would know the essence of what was going to be preached. Amen? Now listen to me. I'm not bragging on me. I'm trying to help somebody understand where you can be at in your relationship and your walk with God. Amen? And it wasn't because of my faithful attendance in walking through the door. It was because of my dedication and my prayer life, my consecration to God. Amen? And God would drop it in my spirit when I walked through the doors of the church. And I would know what my pastor was fixing to preach. Now, I didn't know, I, I, I didn't necessarily know the scripture, but I knew the essence of the need that was present. Amen? Because I'd been in touch with the Lord. 
when you have a consecration to God and you start eliminating things out of your life that drain you, how many knows what I'm talking about? That just keeps you so pulled down that you, you just don't even feel like you can receive something from God. I know I'm preaching to somebody right now. You need to separate away from that. You need to put your consecration to God first. Amen? And when you put him first, he's going to put you first. And whoever it is that you have influence over, he's going to put them in your life and in your path. And you know what? What a blessing it is for the body of Christ when we become one mind with him and with the pulpit. And instead of fighting the preacher and what he's preaching, and we're with him and we're linked together and our faith is joined with him, praise the Lord. And, and by hearing, our faith is elevated. Amen? And suddenly, because we're linked together, the pulpit is more powerful. Amen? And somebody is ministered to. And that person may have just walked through the door the first time. Amen? They, the last time they had been in church might have been 20 years ago when they were a child. But now they're in desperation and they need help from God. And guess what's happening across the congregation because of our, our congregation, our consecration together, we've linked together in faith. And we're empowering the pulpit to preach a message, praise the Lord. Don't you tell me. I've, I've been behind that pulpit too many times. I know what kind of help I get when the people are joined and linked with me, praise God. I know what it does, and I know what heaven happens. I know about the, the, how the, the atmosphere changes. We live in two realms. Somebody say Amen. We have a visible realm. That's what this is. We're looking at each other. Amen? We're friends. We, we have inside of that realm is friendships. Amen? Because we, we, be, we be like that. Amen? We just all be like that. Praise the Lord. We be friends. Praise God. Inside of that realm is relationships. Amen? But there's this invisible realm that is far superior to the realm that we're living in. Amen? That is invisible to us unless we consecrate ourselves and, and become one with Him, praise the Lord. God is a spirit, and they that worship Him shall worship Him in spirit and spirit. In truth, praise the Lord. So we have to, he doesn't align his self to us to bring us into that realm. We align ourselves with him, praise the Lord. And then we can be in that realm and, and that's where you see angels. That's when you can feel angels moving around. That's when you know that your help is here and that's when you know that you're supposed to go lay hands on somebody, praise the Lord. That's when you know you see somebody and God says they, they have something wrong with their body, amen. Man, and, and you can go by faith and lay hands on them. And the prayer of faith will save the sick. But we have to position ourselves to that realm. 
And you can't, listen to me, you can't operate in that realm and be fully submerged in this realm. You can't do it. You can't have two masters. Bitter and sweet water, they just can't be in the same well. Amen? One will overpower the other. So we have to give ourselves. You know, it's not, when, when they talk about flesh and carnality, I, I don't really like that. Amen? I got to tell you, I preach about it a lot. But Ryan, I don't like it. Amen? Because I feel conviction comes right back here on old bub. Amen? When I start talking about you, about staying away from too much media, you know what I do every day? Every day. I get up, I get a cup of coffee. My coffee pot is automatic. Sister, Sister Williams gets it ready for me at night. I get up in the morning, I walk in, I pour a cup of coffee, I go sit down, and the first thing I do is open Fox News and read what's happening in the world. I do it every day. Amen. So when I'm preaching to you about separating from that, I'm preaching to me. I'm not necessarily telling you. I'm telling me that I, there's, I need to limit me. Amen? And I need to get more like him and less like what's going on in this world. This world's not going to save you. But he can. This world is not going to uh, uh, bring you into an eternal place where you can stay forever, where, where, where you'll want nothing and there'll be no, no weeping or no wailing or no, no pain or no sorrow, praise the Lord. It's him that does that. It's him that creates that. It's him that leads us. It's him that is good. And we're not good. Not one of us. We're only good through Him. Praise the Lord. I want to be more like Him. I want to, I want to, I want to make heaven. Don't you? I want to make heaven and I want to, I just want to be pleasing to God. And, and when we read this rich man and Lazarus, we find the greatest gain that we could ever attain in our lifetime. It's heaven. There's nothing, there's no goal that should be higher to us than that of reaching heaven. Matthew 16 says it like this, verse 26, For what is a man profited if he shall gain the whole world and lose his own soul? Or what shall a man give in exchange for his soul? Mark said it like this in the 8th chapter, For what shall it profit a man if he gain the whole world and lose his own soul? Luke said it in the ninth chapter, For what is a man advantaged? If he gain the whole world and lose himself or be cast away. That scripture should concern us. Amen? Because that word cast away is the same words that's used when he's talking about casting the angels out of heaven that were disobedient. It's the same word that is used in, in, in the end of the book of Revelation where Lucifer will be cast into the lake of fire, be thrown into the lake of fire, praise the Lord. Hey, when you die and you're a faithful saint, you will be ushered away, praise the Lord. But I'm telling you that the, the angels, amen, will cast 
Lucifer away. And that should, that should alarm us that there's a possibility that we too can be thrown into a lake of fire. Amen? Your greatest loss in life are not the things that you possess. Your greatest possession is your soul that you possess. Amen. For every time the Bible mentions heaven, it mentions hell ten more times. Praise the Lord. And, and God is concerned about you going to heaven, but he's more concerned about you missing heaven and going to hell. Amen. We need to be, we need to be aware that hell was not an idea that was developed by one of his disciples just so that they'd have something to preach. The certainty of hell was established by Jesus Christ himself. In fact, in Hebrews 9 and 27, and it is appointed unto men once to die, but after this judgment, praise the Lord, there's something that we will not escape, praise God. We will not, if we are not careful, we are going to go by the judgment seat of Christ. Amen? We're going to see the judgment seat of Christ. Death and hell were brought before the judgment seat of Christ, but before that, when the church is raptured, it too and, and the, those that, are, that, that have died that are in the third heaven, they will be in, in front of the judgment seat of Christ. And we will go to the judgment seat. And we can get a wave. How many likes that? How many likes a free pass? Amen. You ever been anywhere where they, where they gave you a free pass? And you had that, you know, like at Youth Congress. You got that lanyard around your neck. You got that little deal on there. And when they see that... They know, hey, you, you don't even stop. Just keep on walking. Amen. I, that's what I want when it comes to heaven day. Amen. I, want, I don't know what he's going to do. He's going to put his seal upon me, so they're going to see something, praise the Lord. And I just want to get a wave, praise the Lord. Hey, wait a minute. You stop, but you over here. Amen. Praise God. Do you want to go to heaven? I want to go to heaven. I want to go to heaven. In hell, Luke speaks of four distinct torments that humanity will have to endure and never have relief from. It will last forever, amen? Just think of that. Everything that you have now, how rich or how poor, it doesn't really matter. Everything that you have, you would trade for a sip of water in hell. Amen? Somebody needs to get the revelation of what I'm preaching about tonight. I'm preaching that there's something that is more important than this world. Amen? And whatever it is that has just kind of herded our attention over and we're, we're focused on, on things that are material and things that don't, we need to get realigned with the Holy Ghost, praise the Lord, and get our mind back on heaven. Amen? And off of uh, the worldly things and, and worldly gains and worldly possession. Praise the Lord. I love your families. I do. But you, you're never going to win your family if you're not faithful to the house of God. In fact, if you're not faithful, they're going to take it one step further most of the time. Now, I know there's an exception, but most of the time, they're going to take it a step farther. Amen? I know but nobody likes preaching like this because it's the reality of where we're at in life. And it shows us exactly what's important and what's not important. And I'm telling you that there is nothing in this world 
that is important enough for us to lose our relationship with God over. Nothing. Not one thing. Praise the Lord. I love my wife. I would do anything for my wife except miss heaven. Amen. Do you think do you think I'm doing her a favor if I'm not faithful? If she quit the church today, do you think I'd be doing her a faith a, a favor by me becoming unfaithful? It's just the opposite of that. Amen. And some of your family members have walked away and it's hurt you. And I know it's devastating and I know that you don't understand it. And I know they're not as close to God as you want them to be. But do you think you're ever going to be able to help them if you yourself turn and walk away? Or or is there hope in you, praise the Lord, and your faithfulness to God and what you represent in a relationship with God? I heard a story one time. I don't even know. I think it was Brother Mangus told me. I'm not sure. But he was talking about a lady that every day, uh, every church service day, she got up, she prepared herself Sunday, midweek service, whatever was going on in the church, if they had a special activity she was involved in, and she had asked her husband on the way out, you want to go with me? Nope. And he'd stay home and drink beer, party, go out and cause a ruckus. She'd come home sometimes, he'd be in a fist fight and be beat up and scarred up, and, amen. But she never failed to when she would leave, that she would look to him and say, would you like to join me and go with me tonight? One day, while he was at work, he came in and she looked different. She had changed her appearance. And it was church night, and he said, Aren't you going to church? And she said, nope. If you're not going with me, I'm not going. The next day, he took a gun and he ended his life. And in the note, he said, if you would have went last night, I would have went with you. Now, I know that's extreme. I don't even know if it's real. It's just a story that was told to me. But the reality of it is, how can we ever help anyone if we ourselves quit? Amen? Steadfastness to the house of God. It's because when I see your faithfulness, I don't see you just coming here because you have nothing else to do. That's not what I see. What I see is you committed to a purpose. And that purpose is Jesus Christ and living for Him and being faithful. And sometimes, sometimes, sometimes I know that I get on a rant and I get on a tear, but my intention is this, to help you draw closer to Him, not to push you farther away, to reveal through the preaching of God's Word of some of the things that are in your life that you need to cut away, praise the Lord, and some things that you need to let God drop in there. Just like he would drop his 
message for the church that day into my life as I would as as I would pull into the parking lot and come into the house of God. He can drop things into your life, amen, that you're hungry for and that you need that's going to strengthen you and help you because we're not talking about the natural realm. We're talking about the supernatural realm where anything can happen, praise the Lord. Well, I just can't feel God. Well, you know what? Sometimes I can't feel God, but that doesn't mean he's here. If he manifested himself completely, we'd all suffocate because he's everywhere. You know, we, we, we talk about ushering in the presence of Jesus. What we're really doing is ushering ourselves into his presence. That's the reality of it is we're separating ourselves from our trials and our tribulations and our troubles and our heartaches and our pains and our loneliness and our hurts and we're stepping into his realm and we're worshiping him in spirit and in truth and we're leaving all that other stuff back behind us. Amen. And it changes us and it transforms us and it helps us praise God. I need help. I don't know about you. I need a bottle of water, but I don't have my help. Praise the Lord. I don't know if you have any around here. Don't come dragging out one of them gallon jugs and a straw. Praise the Lord. I want to preach to you about the first torment that the rich man felt. Are you with me for a few more minutes? The first one was pain found in Luke 16 and 24. He said, I am tormented in this flame. It was physically hurting him to be where he was at. He felt the pain. That's what hell's going to be like. It's going to be painful. Amen? There's nothing there that, that we're being led by and being enticed by today that's going to cause us to go into this environment. You know, yeah, you're not going to go into some uh, social media oblivion where you just live in a fantasy world. You're going to go to a real place, and it's going to be tormented. Amen? You will be burning but never consumed, falling into a bottomless pit. There will be weeping and wailing and the gnashing of teeth all around you. It will be unbearable pain but never any sense of relief. Nothing to stop the flames. Thank you, Brother Burke. Did you take that lid? the Lord. I've probably got another hour in me now. Mm. You know they won't let me preach very much anymore. So when you, <laughs> I'm just teasing. I'm just teasing. Praise the Lord. I'm still talking about torment. Praise God. <laughs> I'm not going to torment you like that. Amen. The second torment, memory. Luke 16, 25 said, Son, remember thy lifetime. Recollect every opportunity that you've had. Amen. He will remember everything about his life. What's the first thing he said? My God, where's my family? Right? Locked away in the mind. Forgotten things from long ago will suddenly become real. Amen? It will scrutinize every aspect of our earthly life. 
everything, every opportunity that we've ever had to be pleasing and live for God. Amen. We talk about how tough it is, but we ain't really, you know, we live in America and it's not tough to live for God. Amen. The poorest, the poorest among us still has it wonderful. Amen. And thank the Lord for that. Amen. But don't get caught up in and being a victim. Praise the Lord. He will this person that is in hell will weigh and measure every single motive that they ever had. You know, you can do things, but God really knows your motive and your intent. He knows why you do it. You know, like when you when you help somebody because you know they're going to give you something. Instead of just being a good Samaritan and helping them, praise the Lord. There's no hidden agenda. What, will, what are some of the things that will be remembered? All of the times spent around and in the house of God. Amen? What a horrible thing it would be for a child of God to die lost and end up in a devil's hell and have to relive every memory, amen, and every opportunity that they've ever had. All of the times that the Spirit during the service would tug at their heart with with conviction to try to get them to an altar of repentance to save them. All the times that you prayed and someone prayed with you and laid their hands and and you stopped and let them do all the praying for you, praise the Lord. All the times that you shrugged off the call of commitment that your pastor pleaded with you about in trying to get you to respond to the preached word of God and become closer to uh, God and everything that he has. All of the times that you sat uninvolved and preoccupied during the moments of worship and the moments of preaching, praise the Lord, where we fiddle around looking for something to occupy our mind because we're not interested in what the preacher's preaching or we're not interested in what the worship team I don't like that song so I'm going to disengage and do my own thing you'll relive it every day all of the times that you just laughed it off like some of you are laughing it off tonight in your spirit saying that can't be true all of the times that you watched others find spiritual relief and blessings for their life, but you didn't respond because you somehow didn't feel like it was important enough. When really, what it was, was you weren't really ready to sacrifice enough and say, I don't want this in my life. I want Him. I want all of Him. Amen? All of the sermons that you ever heard and even the ones you didn't hear amen there will be some that are absent tonight that will hear this sermon in eternity amen and they will weep and they will wail and they will say why didn't somebody tell me and the Lord's going to remind them of every opportunity that they had to be engaged with worship And being saved. All of the Bible lessons. And we've been having some good ones. That you were taught. All of the excuses used. About why you could not serve. Or be faithful to God. All of the times. That you were. Wandering the halls of the church. Or maybe even sitting in your car. During worship service. 
and during the preaching while church service was going on. All the time. I don't like the way they preach that. You really aren't going to like hell. Amen? Nothing. I'm trying to preach to you tonight that nothing will escape your memory. That's what the Word says. The Word says that nothing will escape your memory. The memory is so powerful. Who will be the judge? Who will be the accuser? Who will be the witnesses? And who will be the jury? Your memory will be. The memory will be all of those. It will judge you. It will accuse you. It will be a witness against you. And it will be the jury that convicts you. Is that sobering? It should be. It will be your memory. All the opportunities that you've had. All the times you've walked away. All the times that you've, you could have been in the house of God. All the times that you could have been faithful to the house. It will even show you the times when your family members could have been saved. But because of your unfaithfulness and because of your willingness to not be steadfast and hold steadfast to the teachings of God and the commitment that we have to God, that they didn't come in. Think about that. Think about all the souls that are lost because we preach one message, but we live another. Amen? Your children are going to follow what you live, not by what you say. They're going to be what they see you being, not what you tell them to be. Amen. We sit back and we cry about our kids walking away in record numbers. This generation right now of young people that are walking away because they don't need the church. You know why they don't need the church? Number one, we don't promote it and make it be something that is uh, important to them. And it's easier. They want to stay home, play the video game and watch a movie. And watch a ball game or participate in a ball. If you sign your children up for ball games on Wednesday night and Sundays, don't you come crying to me when they're out in the world and they're in jail and they're lost and they're. You go find you a place to cry in a prayer room. Amen? Because you've heard it preached, you've heard me plead, you've heard me beg. But when you teach them that they're, it's getting awful quiet in here. When you teach them that it's all right to not be faithful to the house of God and that something else is more important. I remember a time, Brother Burke, I remember back when you your boys was young. And, and, and I remember a time back when I was a kid, they didn't have ball practice on Wednesday night. I didn't go to church, but they, I never. I always wondered, how come we ain't got ball practice? Amen? I wasn't in the church. Didn't matter to me. But they did that so that we could be faithful to the house of God. They, you did not have ball games on. Now then, now then, listen to what they do. They not only have practices all during the week. They have the ball games on Sunday. And, they, and in case there's not one local, they have traveling 
ball league. So you can drive a couple hours and still put your kid. You're going to tell me that you're going to have to live in eternity with the memory that you plucked your kids out of the Sunday school department on Sunday morning and hauled them two or three hours away so that they could participate in a ball game? And now you're concerned because you know they're strung out on drugs and they're not living right? I'm just preaching you what that's gonna what I'm preaching tonight. You think this is hard? You wait until the Lord gets a hold of everything. And people come strolling in. My God, we're gonna go to heaven. Oh no. Depart from me, you that work iniquity, because I never knew you. And they're going to say, well, wait a minute. I was, uh, hey, I was raised in the church. I used to sing in the choir. I used to play on the, amen. I even preached. And the Lord's going to say, hey, what I'm preaching to you tonight is for preachers just as much as it is for the saints and the pulpit. I'm not singling anybody out in here. It's for everybody. The Lord's going to say, hey, depart from me, you that work iniquity. Because I never knew you now. Well, wait a minute. I did this. I swept the parking lot. I painted the walls. I remodeled. I put the black tiles in, praise the Lord. Doesn't matter. None of that matters. How were you with faithfulness to me? Amen. How were you with just being faithful and being pleasing to me and by abiding by his word. Amen. I said it this morning. I'll say it again. We'll be judged by this word. Amen. I know our memories will, will, will be the judge and jury for eternity. But to get into that place of torment, we'll be judged by this word and every word that proceedeth from the mouth of God that is written in this book. Amen. If you can't understand this King James Version, he just preached it last Wednesday night. You better get you a version that you can understand. You better join you to somebody that can. You come on Wednesday night and let him teach to you how to understand it. Because that's what he's been doing. Well, you don't understand what all I got to do. My program comes on Wednesday night. All right. You can watch that dude in eternity. Right down in the midst of hell, being gnashed and gnawed at and wailed at. Amen. I'm trying to help somebody understand that there's a way that seemeth right unto a man, but the end of that is death, praise the Lord. It seems right that I, maybe I, I isn't it just fair that I get to make my own decisions? Well, that's why God gave you the ability to make your own decisions. But based on the decision that you make is going to be determined where you spend eternity either in heaven or in hell. Amen? The third torment is separation. It was a great gulf that separated the rich man from Lazarus. It, it's always amazed me that he somehow could see across the great gulf and see Lazarus in paradise. Amen? But you never hear about Lazarus looking back over this way. Lazarus never said, let me go 
take him a drink of water. Lazarus didn't want anything to do with that part of the world. Amen? I'm telling you that God's trying to help us. He wants us to understand Luke 13, 26 and 28 says, through 28 says, Then shall you begin to say, We have eaten and we have drunk in thy presence, and thou hast taught in our streets. But he shall say, I, uh, I tell you, I know you not whence you are. Depart from me, all ye workers of iniquity. There shall be weeping, gnashing of teeth, when God shall see Abraham and Isaac and Jacob and all the prophets in the kingdom of God, and you yourselves thrust, cast, kicked, ejected out. Amen? And hell, it's going to be horrible. The fourth torment that's mentioned in the book of Luke, found in 16 and 27, an unanswered prayer. I pray that you would send Lazarus. The rich man had five brothers who were on the road to ruin to follow him in the place that he was at, living apparently the same way that he lived, doing the same things he'd done, according to the same lifestyle that he had lived prior to dying. If somehow Lazarus would just return from the dead and preach and witness to my brothers. Now, I'm, don't forget what I'm preaching here right now. I'm preaching a torment that will be forever and ever. You will remember. Amen? You will remember. He, that man will remember every opportunity that he had to reach his lost brothers. If he had a wife and children, he will remember every failed opportunity that he had to take them to the house of God. He will remember it every day and be tormented. And you know what? They will fall into judgment based on what he could have prevented for them had he been the proper influence in leading his family. Amen? There's only, let me tell you, do you know what you can take with you to heaven? There's only one thing. It's your family and somebody else. You can take your family to heaven with you. That's what this is talking about. Here's a guy that's stuck in eternal torment knowing that he had the opportunity to lead his family to heaven. And not only is he lost because he failed, but he sees them in their condition and he realizes their blood is on his head. And they're going to die in a lost state and endure the same thing that he's... That's what he said. When Just go get Lazarus. Let him go back to my brethren and tell them about this place. Mm. It's your responsibility to teach your loved ones. It's your responsibility to teach your family. If I could get a couple musicians.
I don't know what song you play about hell, but we're going to have an altar call anyway. I only have one question. For you here tonight. Before these altars are opened and an opportunity to worship and make things right with God. And when we do that, I don't want you, it, naturally, I want you repenting. We did a good job of repenting this morning. We repented before church started tonight. Amen? But we're going to repent again. And, and I want to participate in that. But I not only want you to repent, I want you to examine. I want you to take time to meditate. We'll have music playing. We'll have prayer that's taking place. But I want you to meditate on your life. Now when I say meditation, here's what I'm not talking about. Don't come up here and fold up like one of them Chinese Buddhists and hit one of these notes. Amen? That's not what I'm talking about when I say, I'm not talking about trans meditation. Amen? I'm talking about meditation on your life and how it aligns with our Creator. Amen? And God, what is it that's in my life that I need to change or remove? To get, a, get out of my life. Amen. And if we say we have nothing. We are liars. Amen. And it would be good. If the Lord's good enough to speak to us. That you record that. Whatever he says. Here's some things you need to eliminate. Here's a couple things. We're going to start here. He's not. I can tell you this. I doubt that he downloads and dumps on you tonight the full load of what is really in front of us and what we need to separate from. I kind of doubt that. But he's going to give us a stepping stone, a starting point. If you'll just separate from this, you're going to take a step closer to me. You don't need that. Amen? Let me tell you something. Anything that's going to keep you from getting closer to God is like a ball and chain. Amen? I can get closer to God if I eliminate that out of my life. If I add prayer and supplication. Amen? If I, what if I just said, you know what? I'm going to turn the plate over. What if God says, you know what? You just need to crucify the flesh. How do you do that? There's only one way. You turn that plate over. And in doing that, you're denying the flesh of what it wants. But you're opening up that realm of the supernatural to where you can become more sensitive to what God wants in your life. Amen? In fact, it'd be good for us if we just not separated this week from distractions like social media for a week how many would join me for just a week one week 
Now listen to me. Don't raise your hand if you don't mean it. And don't raise your hand if you don't have social media and you're laughing and saying, well, that's easy for me. Put something else that's separating you from God in the place of that. Amen? Will you join me this week? It'd be good if we found a day where we can. Now, I'm going to... Don't you just love it when the preacher gets transparent? Don't you love it? I do. What if you were to find a day to fast? Amen? Now, I'm diabetic. Most of you know that. It's challenging for me to fast for 24 hours to 48 hours. But what I can do is fast a meal. What I can do is eliminate things out of my life, maybe not for a day, but for a week or a month that I don't really need. Amen? So, I, you, you know, it's, it's about the discipline. And what that does is it conditions you spiritually. Praise the Lord. But let's stand. Let's find a place to pray. And let's, let's ask the Lord. Lord, how are you going to bring me closer to you? What is it that I need to leave behind? What is it that I need to separate myself from? What is it that I need to just, I just need to be more like you. Can you help me be more like you? Pray, repent, and then meditate.